You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It's always draft season podcast, part of the Packernet Podcast Network. Jake Schmick here with you guys on this Friday. Hope you enjoyed uh, the bonus episode earlier this week with a little mock draft Monday Packers edition. Hope you guys got some out of that with, with all the prospects because it's time. I mean, we are here hours as you're listening to this, hours before. Uh, conference championship weekend is underway and plenty of prospects we're going to talk about that 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 you know have some matchups that we want to keep an eye on in this one and you know I think it'd be good though to start with uh with just some news around the draft sphere um declarations are going to start rolling in or guys deciding that you know, go back to school for another year. There's going to be a lot of interesting names that we go down the list for guys who return. Uh, but I want to make note of this one uh, because it was earlier this week and it had happened very, very soon after uh, I had done the Packers mock mania on Monday. Luckily, didn't talk about him, wasn't picked. Uh, but Olufashanu, uh, the tackle from Penn State, actually decided to return for another year. Now, he is a really, really young player. And again, no, you know, no hate, no disdain towards the decision that he made. Because again, he's extremely young. He is, I believe, yeah. So he'll be uh, 20 in a week according to this. So again, still 19, not even 20 yet. And he's choosing to come back for another year, play at Penn state, maybe work towards a degree and good for him for doing that. You know, although, I mean, obviously when you're getting the hype that he is, uh, I think personally he put together probably some of the best film as a pass protector of anybody so far this year. Uh, his game against Ohio State was very, very good. And I, I thought that, you know what, this is kind of 
in the mold of Charles Cross kind of all over again where it's like, ah, the run game, he just really doesn't angles, you know, with him and the quicks, the ability to, to steal off backside, you know, the technique isn't very good there. Reach blocking, you know, it, it wasn't there. But on an island, when he's asked to just stop the guy in front of him, the, the grip strength, the, the footwork, the ability to redirect, you know, change direction, everything looks so fluid, everything looks so in control. He got the grip strength, he's got great anchor, like everything was there with him. And, and it sounded like he was pretty much a top 10 lock. And especially, again, in this probably era of, you know, offensive linemen that are kind of underperforming across the league. I think there's there's a serious need of influx at the position, at every position across the offensive line. And so, you know, when you have teams in, in the top 10, like I think Pittsburgh may have just moved out of it, if I remember, from, from, uh, from Monday night. I have to look. Pittsburgh did move out of it. But if you look at, you know, off the top of the bat, like Chicago, Carolina, Arizona, even the Packers potentially, Vegas, right? All of these guys could, in theory, go offensive line. And if you go a little bit further, you know, Jacksonville at 11, Pittsburgh at 12, Indianapolis at 14, Atlanta at 15. Like, there's a lot of need for offensive tackle, guards. Like, so for Fashanu to go back, very interesting and, and definitely puts a damper on the tackle class a little bit. We're back to Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State, Peter Skaronsky, Northwestern, and probably Broderick Jones, Georgia, after that. Now, we'll see. I think Johnson and Skaronsky are going to declare. We'll see if Broderick Jones does. I think Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse should be in that conversation as well. Uh, Anton Harrison, who actually just declared, we're going to talk about him. Um, like there, there is there, there's a lot in the class still at tackle, but I feel like Fashana was a serious headliner, and, and it stinks that he is in fact going back. So that kind of puts a dent in a little bit of what Green Bay, you know, probably wanted. Um, that puts a dent in. For a team, you know, that, that was maybe hoping for a quarterback drop, a team that was hoping, you know, get one of the top three, four tackles on the board, you know, like I mentioned, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Atlanta, puts a little bit of a damper on, you know, potentially getting one of those guys. So tackle position, that's a scarce position. You don't see a lot of top guys hit free agency or be able to be traded. It's very rare. Very rare you get a Trent Williams, a Laramie Tunsil situation, right? So that affects a lot of a lot of teams. Um, including the Packers who, you know, if you're looking for a defensive lineman or whatnot, like getting a tackle out of the way was was helpful for that. So that's the big news for Shano going back. But there are definitely some declarations that I want to cover as well. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about Joey Porter Jr. declaring. That's a big one. We'll go right to Penn State again. I, I think, you know, when you look at the makeup of this player, uh, he, is, he is really built for for press uh he's built for up in your face he doesn't have to necessarily quick jam he can bail if he wants but you know he he's better off when he's up in your face and can redirect play physical dominate and run support i think he can do a better job attacking from off coverage but he's got the ball skills you know he's got good instincts he can close quickly and again he's a physical tackler and that's that's corners and run support and tackling isn't always a guarantee packers fans should know um Jair hasn't been the best tackler over the years, uh, but if you're a, a really good, really good cover corner, then you know 
the tackling isn't as big a deal for some. And, you know, that's Joey Porter Jr. I think right now, if I were to guess, um, right now in the quarterback rankings, I would, I would have him top three. I think the furthest he would he would fall probably got to be, eh, well, you never know, but like Washington at 20, maybe Cincinnati at 23 if they're looking defensive back. I just don't see him getting out of the top 25. It feels more likely that he's going to be top 20. We'll see the the order. Kayleigh Ringo, you know, Joey Porter Jr., obviously in that mix, Cam Smith and Christian Gonzalez. Those are probably the top four that we'll probably see come off the board. Um, just, again, all meet the size prototype, and we'll, we'll talk about another size corner later. But I do think he is in that range. So, you know, I, I don't expect Green Bay to go that route. But again, a team that, you know, you're Jacksonville at 11. If you don't get someone like Kelly Ringo, Jacksonville might be might be the move uh, for Joey Porter Jr. That's that's very possible at this point. Um, Tucker Kraft did declare uh, from South Dakota State. That's somebody you should definitely be on your radar if you're a Packers fan uh, or, you know, whatever team you're a fan of that, that has tight end needs in general. He, I think, I don't know why he's getting dinged a little bit as, a, as an athlete. I think he's very very strong in that area threatening up the scene being able to change direction fluid route runner like I, th- I think he's got the complete package there i don't know some people have him outside their top five tight ends i would not i think this is a player that's going to go in the second round i do i i can't imagine otherwise but we'll see you know not everybody's that could be i could be very wrong uh, on that front uh who else declared uh emmanuel forbes did declare today um as of recording this earlier uh, obviously but he did declare as well uh the cornerback class is only getting better uh from here with all the declares that i expect to see but Emmanuel forbes six foot 180 you know he'll be 22 in january younger player big long corner that's probably again going to be pretty good impress as well uh and, and be disruptive at the catch point you know kind of limit some of these big catch radius guys he's got his got his own pretty big catch radius as well you know the length to just sneak into passing windows if he needs to i think there is plenty to like with him so him and porter jr i both expect like i said i expect joey porter jr to be a first rounder i I do expect probably Emmanuel forbes you know top 60 top 75 you're looking in that kind of range at this point uh but yeah, another strong player in, in what is certain to be a deep corner class this time around. So if the Packers dip their toes in, that's, you know, I wouldn't be upset with it at all. Uh, a couple others. Uh, Anton Harrison, like we mentioned just briefly, 66309 junior. So this is a, a true junior declaring, of course. You're, you're going to see more of the, the fourth year juniors, the redshirt juniors declare quote unquote, because again, the COVID year kind of messed up with the eligibility stuff. You get extra years if you want. So it's kind of all over the place, uh, but you will see that. But what I like about Anton Harrison is again, how, how athletic he is, how, how easy he, he moves. And when it comes to pulling and space blocking and being able to you know survive on an island with a guy who's you know really quick, can threaten the outside, like that's to be able to survive out there on an island and pass projection, very, very good. I think he's still undervalued at this point. This would be, you know, end of first round type. You know, the Chiefs are probably the team you'd probably be looking at right now 
has to be like, okay, they need tackle help. They really, really do. I, I know it wasn't popular for some reason to have that take earlier in the year, but like they definitely do need tackle help. I don't imagine they're bringing Orlando Brown back. And Andrew Wiley hasn't been very good either. Like they, they need help there. And that feels like the destination for Anton Harrison. And I think it's a good one for sure. Um, there weren't that many others. Obviously the big one that a lot of people are going to be talking about uh, is Will Levis. And for good reason. I mean, you know, you can say that, I mean, Dante Demas Jr. from Maryland at receiver did technically declare, but I think, pretty sure according to rise and draft you know where i do some writing stuff like they the database he's out of eligibility anyway he's a fifth year senior uh so i dim declaring isn't really you know that big a deal um but yeah the big one is will levis again quote unquote declaring technically he has another year left if he wants it but he'll be 24 in june uh, again, six four two thirty. He's 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 well built at the quarterback position. Will Levis is probably somebody we're going to be talking a lot about because again, it's it's tools, right? It's it's exceptional velocity on the football, making the wow throws that that you know you you want to see, like the big time big boy NFL throws. Love that, right? He, he's he's worked in an NFL offense, right, at Kentucky, where he's under center. You know, you're running a lot of play action. The concepts are. are very common commonplace in the nfl so everybody looks at that as a nice transition he should be down in mobile for the senior bowl there's gonna be a lot of talk about him there i'm sure just because again you know if you're looking at down the line with stroud and young they won't be the senior bowl right those guys are are juniors or in stroud's case a redshirt sophomore but again third year guys will not likely be there you look at potentially if anthony richardson leaps for the nfl there have been talks that he's going to he would not be at the senior bowl either so it's it's very much will levis's time to just kind of take control and be the guy down there and i imagine he will again i think people are going to gravitate toward him he's going to be probably one of the most debated um prospects you know polarizing all cycle long for sure because the tools are there you know it's coach him up but like the tape isn't great and the, there's just bad turnovers, bad decisions across there, you know, late throws. He's not anticipatory enough. Like that's that's all going to be talked about with Will Levis. But the tools, the tools are what's going to be the round one selling point for him, and that's what we're going to see. So again, it, if you if you, I do think this is also a thing. I do think the Rorschach test is is real with him. You're going to kind of see what you want to see. He is an ink blot. He really is. You're gonna if you if you're really tools oriented and you you know you believe in the ceiling and you, and you just you look towards tools first. You're gonna see tools and you're gonna like it. If you're an accuracy decision making, you know the. You could say it's oh the old way of looking at quarterback. No, it still matters hundred percent. Like any guy with tools has had to had to have things slow down for them. Again, anticipatory throws on time in rhythm accuracy good decisions right making smart smart reads so all of that still matters uh but it's just again these toolsy guys with big arms can can really thread the needle and make more wow throws than than the average you know kind of baseline solid starting quarterback right so you're gonna if you if you don't like to sit bad decision making 
that you're not going to like it. So he's he's very much an ink blot, and that's what you're going you're going to see what you want to see with Will Levis, and that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there were a ton of other declares at this point, but they're going to be a lot more when we get down the line. Obviously, you know, you talk about in the Packers realm, Jalen Carter, uh, Brian Brzee. Now, Tyree Wilson did declare a while ago, a couple weeks even, out of Texas Tech. Uh, he is in. Um, he is a fifth-year senior. Uh, he's going to be 23 in May. 6'6", though, 35 and 5 ace arms. That's arm length is insane. He's explosive. He's powerful. He sets a strong edge, but he can get a lot of pressure, slanting, attacking gaps. Like, he is a really talented player. He's going to probably test out of his skull. Uh, he's going to be – he is a senior bowl invite. I don't remember if he accepted or not, but, like, this is the player that's going to – if you haven't heard his name, he is going to leapfrog into the top 15, maybe even 10. Dane Brugler of The Athletic did have the Packers selecting Wilson at pick eight in his most recent mock draft, and that might have been his first, like, real – Nail down, not early, not way too early mock draft of the cycle. It might have been. But he's got them taking Tyree Wilson at 8, which I do think, by the way, not to completely go off on a tangent, but like the mock drafts that I see with the Packers taking Jordan Addison at 8, I don't get it at all. I don't. I really do not understand it. Like, come on. I, I don't know why we need to do this every year. I get doing it last year. It made a lot of sense. I maybe even would have gotten it in 2019. I think that made a lot of sense too. Maybe if they didn't moved up from pick 30 to 21, they had gone receiver them. That made total sense to me. I think you know you're wanting to get the best out of Rodgers. You know you it felt like a transition period. It felt like loaded up right. And last year, obviously with Devonte Adams leaving, but now you've got Christian Watson, you got Romeo Dobbs, you got Samori Toure. Now that's not enough. For next year that's by themselves right they need to reload the room a little bit more i think they could on day two or three i think they will but to take jordan addison at eight just is, is very foolhardy i like jordan addison he might be wide receiver one in the class he might be he, he very well could be i i'm a little more sold on quentin johnson right now with the size but like jordan addison's clearly the better separator clearly the more advanced, technical, refined route running type in the class. But he's 5'11", 175. That's what we've got on him uh, for for measurements. We'll get official ones, you know, at the Combine in a few months. But, like, this is an undersized receiver. We know Green Bay doesn't do this. If Green Bay is going to take a receiver in the first, it's going to be Quentin Johnston. It is. That's who it's going to be. If it's not him, it's probably not going to be anybody else. I don't imagine Smith and Jigba is going to suit their fancy very early in the draft. Like, I just don't. I It'd be super cool to see, you know, Josh Downs be a Packer. He's, he's even smaller than Jordan Addison, right? Kayshawn Butte is is big enough, you know, he's, he's but he's looked like a big slot type. He's moved into the slots very weird. So I just wanted to, you know, point that out there at the end of these news and notes is like, don't mock Jordan Addison to the Packers. Feels very unlikely. Like, I know that they've broken trends. I understand that. I'm not you know, going to say it's impossible, but it just seems very unlikely based on what they like at the position. They like the taller, bigger guys at the position. Why? Well, they block better. 
that's just it, it, usually how it goes. Like Christian Watson was a really good blocker in college. Romeo Dobbs can block, right? Alan Lazard, they added him. He was a UDFA. He blocks, right? That's that's what they like. Samori Toure, like they'll they'll. I know it's not as rigid like the six foot two hundred pound thing that it used to be, right? Amari Rogers was a little undersized, but he's two hundred plus. Samori Toure is is like one ninety three, one ninety two, or something. They liked Rashad Bateman, who was in that 190 to 193 range. Same with Justin Jefferson. So, like, Goody's definitely been willing to adjust the the thresholds a little bit, right? Jair, right? But there's some things that, and, of course, linebacker in the first, defensive tackle at 24 years old. Like, we're stretching the age stuff in the first round as well. But, like, to me, there's a clear, like, picture of what, the Packers want at receiver. And it's not that they wouldn't select someone like Addison in terms of play style. They would, right? If if anything, Addison's in the same mold of like not a he's a little bit more of a burner than Devontae, but like this is your Devontae, your Olave, your Devonta Smith, right? These are your you're Deontay Johnson, right? These are your just strong separators who can do it at every level. You know, reliable hands, you know, make some plays after the catch. Like, that's that's good. But if Green Bay is going to look for that type, they're going to get a six-foot player more often than not. So I just don't know if that's going to be the route they go. It just feels like all that investment and be like, all right, now we're going to do the first-round receiver. I, I just don't I don't buy it completely at least with Addison because of the size right that's a smaller player no matter how talented like I think he's gonna be talented but I just again Jordan Addison if you're mocking the Packers seems unlikely you can keep doing it it's it's free country you can do what you want but feels like uh exercise in futility anyway um we're just I this was enough for news and notes uh I think we're gonna get into more not not we're gonna get into less Packer specific or maybe we'll split episodes during draft season, kind of do one Packers, one broad, but obviously we want to get broad into the players. We're gonna try and have as many like true evaluations, whether it take like five, six minutes to talk about a player as much as we can on this podcast going forward. But we're gonna take a break here. Um and then we're gonna do the last like kind of prospecting for Packers just or prospects to watch of the season for conference championship weekend. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back here uh, with the It's Always Draft Season podcast, of course. So, previewing conference championship weekend. A few games that we probably won't talk about really a whole lot. You know, Akron at Buffalo on Friday at noon. That's wild uh, on ESPN+. Plus. But really, that's just a MAC game that had to be rescheduled because of the snow, because of the weather. Um, When the Bills moved, obviously, a little under two weeks ago uh, to Detroit to play a game. Buffalo's trying to get a bowl game. We're not going to really talk about that. North Texas and UTSA, if you're really interested in that. 6.30 on CBS Sports Network. If you're really into that game, Zachary Franklin and DeCorian Clark, two receivers, seniors. Clark, 6'2", 214. Franklin, 6'1", 189. Both are probably 4'5", 4'5", types. Uh, They're talented receivers. So if you're you're really into the receiver position, I, I am a ton. I'll probably be tuned in heavily into that one just to watch both of those guys play. That, that They're exciting. Uh, Zachary Franklin had 81 catches to 1,027 yards and 12 touchdowns last year. That's huge numbers. Uh, Clark put up 52 for 755 and seven touchdowns in 2021. They're both playing very, very well this year. And it's it's no secret that some of these smaller school guys are getting more attention this year as they should be. Again, Zachary Franklin's having a really good year again. 76 catches, 956 yards, 11 touchdowns this year. Very talented player. And get the, get the close-up look at him uh, on Friday if, if you want. I'm not going to go as in-depth with these two guys until we get there, but definitely worth it uh, if you're just kind of channel surfing on Friday. Now for the big one, number 11, Utah, at number four, USC. This is the matchup we want to talk about uh, to start with because, again, it's going to decide a lot of things. We're going right back to him, Jordan Addison, against Clark Phillips III. Uh, Jordan Addison this year, not in Bolitnikoff territory, unfortunately. Uh, Caleb Williams has really sprayed it all around the yard, and that's totally fine. You know, they've kind of used Addison at times as we're running pre-snap motion. We're going to run a sneak route with you, get you out in the flat, and or we're going to give it to you sometimes in the jet, jet toss, like let you make a play after the catch. Uh, he's been good this year, though. 54 catches, 810 yards, 15 yards of perception, uh, and eight touchdowns. Now he's, he's scored in a variety of ways. He's got a, you know, 
he had a good game against Stanford. Seven catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Was a deep threat in that game. They couldn't stop him one bit. Uh, I think with Addison, you you again when I when you talk about these these route running types that that Addison definitely is. Uh, the guys that are going to come to mind, they just they just will. That's how it works. Chris Olave and and Devonta Smith. He doesn't play as big as Devonta Smith does at the catch point. That's just again Devonta Smith's kind of a one of one. Uh, but he can sometimes win, and I think that's where the more Olave comparison makes sense. I think Olave's better, obviously, but again, Addison can win down the field. He's quick and tight out of the breaks. Can sink the hips, change direction with ease. Uh, really quick to square on the split release, and, and he's really quick dynamic out of that release into his stem. Again, just very quick and explosive in the short area. Good contact balance and vision after the catch. And again, he's got as reliable hands as anybody uh, in, in this in this class, honestly, um, which is, again, always a plus. You don't like guys who drop the football. Against Utah earlier this, this year when they played, he had seven for 106 and a touchdown, 82 overall grade on offense, uh, 80.7 receiving, 78.5 drop grade. So really good all around. Uh, he had 9.3 yards after the catch per reception, 3.79 yards per route run. That's his third best mark of the year there, and an 8 out of 17.3 yards. That's tied for his best mark of the year. So he had a dominant game, and I expect him to have another dominant game. Clark Phillips, the third guy that you should know, 5'10", 183. He's a smaller corner. You know, we're going to talk about him like probably we're going to talk about Trent McDuffie, but a real instinctive corner, uh, a little bit inconsistent tackling-wise. Run defense is okay, but he definitely shines in coverage. Uh, you know, off coverage, he'll be he'll quick to close. He can, he can get his hand in the passing lane. Um, he's disruptive even at the catch point after the receiver has the ball in their hands. Again, he's he's an instinctive coverage player who can flip to hips, and, he, and he's really smooth and fluid player. Now, against USC, 48 overall grade, 44 in coverage. Surrendered on 12 targets, 7 catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Not great for him. This is a good statement game to get back on track for, for Clark Phillips III. He's had... He's really been solid across the board. Some solid games, some average games, good games. Had an elite game against Oregon State. Overall, he's been good this year, though. But that USC game gave him headaches. He did have a PBU against Jordan Addison in that game. Addison definitely got him a couple times in that game. That's an important matchup to watch. Uh, No matter what, you know, if you're looking at receiver, you're looking at corner, you know, Green Bay, maybe they... Maybe you feel like they need a slot corner. Maybe you feel like, you know, maybe Eric Stokes is going to be the guy that kind of gets phased out and you feel comfortable with Douglas and Alexander and you want a slot guy and you don't feel like Savage is that. I'd take a look at, at Clark Phillips the third. I think he can be a strong slot player. But again, he's he's still having his best year in terms of overall grade uh, for Utah. This is his best year, his best year in coverage as well overall. So, Again, the USC game did expose some, expose some flaws a little bit, but you know, I I think he's going to put his best foot forward in this one. So, uh, other guys to watch for in this game, uh, Andrew Voorhees has been a pretty good guard this year. This is a guard that a lot of people are talking about 
before the season started. He uh, He's a guy who doesn't have the best power profile, gives up a little bit of ground, pass protection guys who rush head on. Uh, but again, he's going to be a very good zone guard because he's got the quicks. He's got great athleticism. He's almost got tackle level athleticism for a guard. So, you know, reach blocking, combo climb second level, you know, be able to, you know, handle the double team and then snap quickly over to another uh, uh, guy he needs to block. Like he, he's got that just impressive fluidity and quickness that, you know, you look at his own team, you're like, yeah, this is a guy we want. Sustain blocks on the move, you know, second level, hit those landmarks, you know, pull if we need you to. Like he's a really good space player. Can he hold up? in a phone booth and pass protection. Is he always going to need help, or can he get his guy one-on-one at times? That is the question. Utah's going to throw a lot at him. I think that's a good one to take a look. Again, for Packer fans even as well, like this, Elton Jenkins could be gone. You know, Sean Ryan, no guarantees. I liked the pick a lot, but the third-round curse seems to be living on. So I I would look at guards, potentially. Like, this is one of them to pay attention to. Andrew Voorhees is, is, is a really strong player. He's having a good year. Others for USC, uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu. I don't know if I mentioned him here, but briefly talk about him. 6'4", 290. Okay, this is like Cameron Thomas last year from San Diego State. He kind of moves all over the line. Uh, where he's kind of been, you know, you look at, they, they call it D-line. Box is probably where you would say edge. But he is... He's been really good, really explosive around the edge. Can dip, rip, clear, you know, be able to get the quarterback, good hand uses at contact point. You know, he's he never arrives to the contact point without any sort of plan. Some guys just kind of arrive there and kind of like, ah, I didn't get through you. Dang it. No, I don't know what to do, right? He's got a plan, and, and I think he does a really good job rushing on the edge. Now, 3-4 DN perhaps He's kind of that hybrid player where you're probably going to have to throw him outside on the edge just because he's he's built long and wired more like an edge rusher than he is a true defensive tackle. So that's probably where he's going to be. Uh, 49 pressures, 12 sacks this year. Big year for him. Uh, just He has 26 stops against the run as well. Uh, tackling's been a little bit inconsistent with him. Had a pretty big stretch of where the tackling grades were not good. But he's had two elite, elite rushing grades this year against Cal and Colorado. Probably not the best, but had a 73 pass rush grade against Notre Dame. That's a big-time opponent as well. So the, the the talent is there, and he's an exciting playmaker on the edge. Uh, like I said, good plan of attack, rip move, but he's strong. And the Packers kind of like these long, strong players who – Set the strong edge rather than pass rush. He can kind of do both. Maybe worth a look. Uh, like I said, having a really, really strong year uh, with 12 sacks. So definitely a guy to watch there. Briefly elsewhere uh, in this game, again, not a whole lot on the Utah side of things. Tavion Thomas is a good running back, probably more of an early down guy with how he plays. The big name I think you should look for for sure is obviously Dalton Kincaid, 6'4", 240, fifth-year senior. He's already 23, but, man, he is he's probably going to be more receiving tight end than inline player. Uh, you're going to flex him out a lot, get him up the seam, you know, good catch raise, good body control, survive contact point. 
strong athleticism for a tight end. This is a guy who's going to run really well in the 40, probably test pretty well in agilities. Like this is again a consummate receiving tight end that you'd like to have on your squad. If you can, you know, coach him up a little bit with how he blocks, this is a guy the Packers should be all over, right? I, I think they're going to go tight end in this draft. I don't know how early. I don't know if it's going to be Mayer at like what eight or via a move back in the first. No idea, but like they're going to go tight end at some point. It's probably going to be day two. Dalton Kincaid, somebody they're going to be all over. Absolutely. So he's somebody you're going to watch in this game. He had a absolutely, I think, a monstrous game, if I remember correctly, against um, against USC the first time, but maybe not. But like I said, Kincaid is firmly firmly in the conversation for uh a top tight end in this class again it's it's a mayor in one tier and the rest kind of after that when you look at darnell washington kincaid tucker craft right so uh against usc caught 16 passes 234 yards and a touchdown he got a 93 overall grade in that game he's had he had another 93 overall against colorado uh this past week again the pass blocking grades are not great uh, again, he's not going to be this great run blocker, but he's got three, uh, four really, really good to elite grades this year against Oregon, Colorado, USC, and Southern Utah. So he's performed against top competition. Let's see if he can put up another big one this this week. 66 catches, 850 yards, eight touchdowns on the year. Really good player. All right, let's move on to the next uh, the next game, Saturday at 11 uh central time am uh kansas state tcu a few players that you should probably look at in this game said i think green bay you know their their edge is probably still on their radar and felix and adike azama definitely that early brown two probably player maybe could sneak into the first probably a better better suited for day two but six four two fifty five has 40 pressures and seven sacks this year. It isn't his best year. His best graded year was last year. He did have 43 total pressures, 13 sacks. Um, has more run stops last year than this year in, I believe, uh, the same amount of games to this point. But again, he's this more technically refined rusher, can rip, arm over. You know, he, he kind of does that kind of Euro step jump into his rushes sometimes that you see Chandler Jones do generates a ton of pressure he's he's really the more refined rusher that doesn't pack the the ridiculous explosiveness as some of these other guys with with all like the toolsy pass rushers that you would call them but overall a really strong player who against tcu earlier this year didn't have the best game overall would love to see that remedied a little bit uh did have just two pressures in that game but did not grade very well 60 overall so right on the average line I expect to see his best uh, this week. I, I really do. He His best game was against South Dakota. That's really unfortunate, but had a really good game against Oklahoma State, good game against Texas, good game against Texas Tech. Like He is still a really good rusher. Like I said, the Packers, if they're in that early round two range and they want to go that direction, that would not surprise me. Obviously, Quentin Johnston's in this game, and if you want the front row seat you haven't gotten yet, take it. Uh He's been very hot and cold. He's had two insane games, and he's been kind of quiet the rest. So, I don't know. He, he's not slipping for me necessarily, but like he, he's firmly in that round one conversation for the Packers, but I'd love to see him. This is a big game, and the playoff's going to be bigger. He needs to step up. Like If they're going to win, 
it's time for him to do so. So uh, Deuce Vaughn is another one to watch for in this game. Uh, obviously, in that smaller running back, he's like 5'6", and he might be over 170 pounds. This is your, you know, Darren Sproles, James White, receiving back, Naeem Hines. Like, he's, he's, got, he's got good short area bursts. He can rip off big chunk runs. But, like, he's just never going to be between the tackles, early down, you know, workhorse type of running back. He's a satellite back with a good receiving skills who is going to be an offensive weapon somewhere. And the Packers probably won't be one of those teams that are interested. Uh, they Again, they they type, they type go for the – normally they go for guys over 200 pounds at the position because they're still really strong athletes across the board there. And I don't think the Packers are necessarily – going to avoid running back this this go around they might they might select one so just be prepared there i i don't think vaughn will be on their board but vaughn will end up somewhere uh in the passing game then he'll he'll provide a role to somebody there's no doubt about it others in this game uh a couple others that i would say to look at especially packers cooper bb uh he's played left tackle he's played left guard packers like players who have played tackle even if they end up on the interior. Cooper Beebe would be a great add. I, I think he's extremely refined in pass protection, picking up stunts, you know, great awareness, good eyes. I, I think he would fit in really nicely at guard if that's where they would want to play him. TCU's got a, a wicked good defense, great measuring stick. This is a game that a lot of people are going to be having their eyes on early. I would have your eyes on left guard, Cooper Beebe. Uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson's the other one. You know, he's another undersized corner with great speed, good ball skills. And I think just overall, you know, whether it be, whatever technique he's in, if he's, he's in bail and, and kind of turn, you know, he can change direction with ease. He can get into, you know, side saddle technique. He's going to be around the ball at all times. Furious, you know, tackler. He's angry. He plays angry. He's going to fit the run with authority, even at his size. Just feels like a guy on even on special teams who's going to stick in the NFL. So we're going to move on here. Um, yeah, LSU Georgia. Obviously, this we're on Jalen Carter watch for sure. Um, what, what, what really haven't we said about Jalen Carter at this point? He's he's dominant. He is he's just that good. Uh, there, there's really not much we need to say about him. Talked a lot about Chris Smith. That's somebody you should be watching. Number twenty nine at safety. I don't think I need to keep repeating myself on those guys. Um, we're not going to see a lot of Kele Ringo against Keishon Butte in this one, which stinks. Uh, Butte has been pretty much relegated to the slot at this point. He's playing big slot. Uh, he, he's, he moves well in a straight line, but it just feels like there's something that's been sapped from his game. And that's why they moved him in there. Still reliable catch guy. I mean, he, he's still making plays for them, but like, it's been a weird year for him. Weird year. I don't know if he's still in my top five receivers, I'll be honest. But Ringo, he'll have his hands full. LSU has other talented receivers that are underclassmen. Ringo, can he not open up too early, right? Can he recover underneath? Can he make the tackle when he needs to? There, There's so many traits there with him, with the size and the speed. Like, I just would like to see the just a little more consistency when he's manned up in coverage. That's it. If he's just asking you to turn and run with someone vertically... We're golden. He's going to make plays at the catch point. He's got a good pair of hands. So it's just about consistency and coverage. And if he can do that, excellent. 
If not, I, I just don't know why you'd be a top 10 pick, honestly. I think there are guys who have been better cover guys this year. Uh, I think the big matchup for Packers fans that they need to be that you guys need to be watching in this one. Um, we've talked about Broderick Jones a little bit with just again how he moves. He's such an easy mover at the position. George asked him to pull. They asked him to get out in space, second level. He's very quick. He's very agile. I, I see, you know, the power though with him in pass protection on island. The issue with me with, with Broderick Jones is. You never see him really initial strike. You never see him keep keep uh, defenders from getting into his chest. He's very much to like grab on hands wide and hang on for dear life in pass protection. I don't think he drops anchor really well, but he's able to, to have enough stopping power to kind of just ease it in. Like you're kind of landing a plane or you're kind of breaking. You're just kind of easing it. And you're not giving up a ton of ground, but it doesn't feel like you can just drop anchor and you just stop and you lock out and you just you shut it down. feels like he just leaves some meat on the bone for rushers a little bit too much. He's going to have to deal with B.J. Ojolari sometimes in this one or Ellie Gay. Ellie Gay is a long, twitched-up rusher as well, but B.J. Ojolari, insanely good pass rusher, ghost move, dip, rip, great bend, great inside move. He's going to be all over the, all over the place. And he could be a major disruptor in this game. We'll see if Broderick Jones is up to the challenge when he's on his side. On the interior, Cedric Van Pran, Cedric Van Pran Granger and J- Jacqueline Roy. Who boy, that's a great matchup. Roy is definitely more of a one-tech, three-tech. He's going to move around. He's a strong run defender. Hold up, hold up double teams. But he offers a little bit in pass rush. I, I just... Wish we've seen more than just flashes with a lot of these defensive tackles, which is very unfortunate. Van Pran, great eyes, good awareness, pick up the stunts, you know, find work when you need to. See the late, you know, the late games and stunts by guys and be able to just be there in a pinch. Strong enough to anchor, great grip strength, great angles in the run game. Second level type of player. Like he is, he really is a really smart player and. There's no guarantee he declares, but I think he's going to sh- – if you watch Georgia's center play in Cedric Van Pran Granger, he is really, really talented. A uh, couple others to just quickly mention. I know both Georgia running backs are very interesting, McIntosh and Kendall Milton. Again, the Packers may not go the direction, but, again, precise, great vision. You know, take advantage of the chunk plays. You're not playing yourself out of the out of the play necessarily with them. They're hard nosed. They get downhill north and south. They're they're keeping their pads square. Consummate professionals running the football. Darnell Washington, obviously the big red zone threat. He's really look. He's got the type of the Mercedes Lewis, just younger. He, he's definitely in that in that Jelani Woods type of mold. He isn't as fast straight line as Woods is, but red zone threat. Extra tackle out there basically as a blocker. He's he's going to be dominant in space when they attach him to the line. He's so good. So good as a blocker. He'll be on Green Bay's radar for sure. Uh, Jay Ward at safety is very interesting for LSU. Six foot. He's, I think he's about 180, 185 pounds. But another a, a talented safety you should be definitely be watching uh, for LSU. That's, I think, about it uh, for that game. I know we're, we're time is, is running, running along here. Uh, Tulane UCF, same time on Saturday. 
on ABC. Uh, Dorian Williams at linebacker is a very interesting player. Plays with a ton of explosiveness, pop in the pads. He's not afraid to hit. He's not afraid to, you know, be the guy who is going to have to handle, you know, these these wham blocks, these pullers. If he needs to take one on, great. Uh, if he needs to scrape around, he's he's very capable of doing that. Obviously, Green Bay probably not going to be in play for a linebacker very much, if at all. Uh, but, again, very talented player in that game. Obviously, Fresno State and Boise State, also same time on Fox in the afternoon slate on Saturday. This is JL Skinner. Watch party. Definitely. Uh, fills the alley. Hits hard. You know, plays a lot of box, but can play in probably a, a, a deep half. Uh, you probably don't want him in the slot as much unless he's in off coverage. He can close pretty quickly. He's obviously got a massive catch radius and the, and the length to disrupt passing lanes, but he just feels out of sorts in man coverage. He gets turned around easily. So he's more of the traditional safety type, but boy, does he play hard and boy, would he be an enforcer? Um, yeah, so two games left on the evening slate, Purdue and Michigan, so we probably uh, should talk about Mozzie Smith a little bit. Uh, there's there's a, a charge against him, um, a weapons charge against him. So there's something to monitor for sure, uh, and off the field stuff. Maybe it's a one time thing, and and it's you know what got caught. You know, get punished, and we're we're good. We're moving forward from it, and no problems. But maybe it persists. Who knows? Uh, but again, we'll see if he's on the board. But again, he's. Uh, number one on the Feldman freak list, defensive tackle, really strong run defender, uh, can really, you know, be in control with one arm sometimes while on the move and be able to wrap up tackles, make plays in the backfield, flashes as a pass rusher. He did against Ohio State. He forced really one of the incompletions on third down early in the game from C.J. Stroud. So he's a strong player. We're not going to be able to see Blake Corum. That stinks, really, really stinks. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker at tight end for Michigan. He's a good player, um, probably not the best athlete, but a, but a really strong run blocker, point of attack type. You're gonna attach him to the line like you would Darnell Washington, and let him just let him cook, let him cook a little bit, tight end. But he's a, he's a good red zone threat, good size, so he could he could be a player on the Packers board definitely. Um, other than that, for Michigan, uh, you know, Olusegun Oluatimi. Uh, at center, if the Packers really want to move on from Myers or move him over to guard, I think Oluwatimi is very underrated. Uh, Ryan Hayes got a Senior Bowl invite. He's worth taking a look at. Zach Zinter is worth taking a look at. Guys who have made you know all Big Ten teams, so they they've got offensive linemen. They're they're believe it or not, they're an offensive lineman factory as well uh, in the Big Ten. Definitely definitely guys to pay attention to. As for Purdue, Charlie Jones, man, he's having a heck of a year. Uh, to put it lightly, I mean, he's he's legit. Transferred from Iowa to Purdue. Uh, Iowa offense wasn't giving him a lot of opportunities. And he comes in to Purdue in a, in a pass-heavy offense. He's six foot 188. Uh, and he's, he's enjoyed a lot of success. 97 catches, 1,199 yards, and 12 touchdowns. He's not really... This you know super big play threat. Although he did have four for one forty three and a touchdown against uh, against Indiana, eleven for one eighty eight against Syracuse, 
12 for 153 in a score against Penn State. He's produced against top competition this year when he, you know, when asked to. 12 for 132 and 2 against Nebraska. 10 for 105 against Wisconsin. 11 for 104 against Iowa. Shall I keep going on? You know, he's a big catch radius, ball winning type. But he's doing he's doing work underneath and after the catch. So, you know, he's he's really been fantastic now he's averaging 3.9 yards after the catch per reception not very good 24 and a half though yards after catch per reception against against indiana he'll be a factor uh in this game no doubt about it for purdue to wrap it up uh clemson and north carolina uh, it's the usual suspects in this one. Uh, Brzee, KJ Henry, and and Miles Murphy are all definitely on the radar. We've talked about him. We've talked about Trenton Simpson. It'd be interesting to see if he can get reps against Josh Downs. Josh Downs might be one of the best route runners in the class, but he's also really explosive, good hands, a threat anywhere on the field to score. So a lot to watch for this weekend, but really for the draft, we're going to be shifting a lot of focus from now going forward uh next week um i'll put this to you guys and i'll probably post it on on the packernet facebook page as well and on twitter where you can find me at jake nfl draft but i want to we'll, we'll go through position next week if, if you want and, and kind of give you a preliminary top 10 or go through a few evals if you want me to so pick a position and we'll definitely talk about it a lot next week. I'm sure there'll be a lot of declares to talk about. We're going to have a senior bowl show for sure. There's a lot of guys who have already accepted there. So definitely a lot coming in draft season. But make sure you know staying up to do it with the Packernet podcast feed. And we'll see if the episodes expand. You know, you may want to check on that and make sure. Because, you know, obviously we're talking about the Packers and the draft. But we're also talking about the draft as a whole. So hope you guys are enjoying this and it's really almost to, almost there to where we're really going to be diving in i'm excited for it so i i will talk to you guys again uh, next friday it sounds like um enjoy your friday enjoy conference championship weekend